Hey everyone, this is Pastor Stephen. I wanted to thank you for checking out our podcast, and we hope that this message encourages you and helps you in your pursuit to live for Christ with everything you have. We hope you enjoy the message. But I just want to just touch base with you a little bit and remind you what last week was. Last week we talked about how we need to raise up the children to know what is right and what is wrong. And that's an important call for grandparents and parents. But there's something else that we need to take into account as we grow and go older. You see, I have to ask you guys a question. There's several of them, so just bear with me. Get ready to talk back. Raise your hand if you have a nose. Julie, you better have a nose. I saw your hand. There we go. What if you have fingers? Do you have fingers? All right, what about toes? All right, you ready for this here? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, and you surely want to show it, if you're, clappy and, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. You see, I love that. It's, it's participation in all that we have. Because you know what? You're showing off that you have this thing called an emotion. You know what an emotion is, guys? What is it, Becca? I put you on the spot. And you're, okay, what about you, Malia? Oh, what's up there, Sam? What do you got? An emotion is a feeling that you can show. Look at that. Let's give him a round of applause for being so smart. But emotions are things that we all encounter and feel in our lives. An emotion is, is truly, according to the definition, a subjective state of mind. And emotions can be reactive to an internal stimuli, such as things of memories. You know, I, I, I often sit back and have really strong emotions while I'm sleeping and having dreams. And my wife goes, what is going on? And she's like, why are you acting like you're throwing a grenade? One time she said that I woke up and I was trying to put my wedding band in the microwave, which was a TV, in my sleep. I'm still trying to figure out what that emotion was. But it's a stimuli that hits you in your thought processes. It could be internally or it can be an external situation, such as an event or an environment that you're encountering. But there's a struggle within an emotion that we have to grapple with in all that we do and all that we are. Because emotions if you want to know the truth, are not the same thing as a mood. You ever tell somebody, you've got a bad mood? Yes, Julia. Oh, she says her sister all the time. What about your wife or your, your husband? Have you ever looked at them and said, you guys, you are just in a bad mood. I don't want to be around you. Come on, participation, people. Thank you, brother. At least you're being honest. I won't say who that brother was, but because I'm not going to get something... <laughs> But emotions are not the same thing as mood. Emotions are the retaliation or the aspect of, of a stimuli that's hitting you and what you do within it. So like you have emotions like happiness. That's why I said if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're sad and you know it, stomp your feet. Man, you guys are a whole bunch of sad people. But we also have things like fear. What's the most thing that you're afraid of? Spiders, my mom. <laughs> Snakes, rats, spiders, heights. 
Okay, okay, let's kind of bring it down, guys. Hey, guys, guys, young ones. I love the talking back. All right, bubbles. Bubbles are so fun. But we have things like disgust. You look at a dish and you have a reactional emotion of disgust. Ooh, I don't want to eat that. That looks nasty. Or you have a thing called surprise or contentment. The truth is that we are all beings that were created with these emotions within us. But can I tell you a spiritual truth? Can I, can I tell every, somebody here this morning a spiritual truth about an emotion? They are God designed within us. But they didn't actually show up in humanity until after a situational change hit humanity. You see, in the book of Genesis, we find that Adam and Eve, who were the first man and woman on the planet, were living in a life of luxury and awesomeness in this place called the Garden. And it was perfect, and it was awesome, and God would spend time with them. They weren't always happy. They weren't sad. They weren't anything. They were really just in a place where they didn't have to react. But that was until this thing called sin entered the world. When sin entered the world, something occurred within humanity that brought to light this thing called fear. Inside of Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, we find that it says, And then when they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, the man and woman hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the gardens. Why do you think that was? Why do you think that it was that, that all of a sudden these happy-go-lucky people that didn't have a concern, didn't have a reactional emotion hitting them, all of a sudden experienced the first fear of humanity? It's because God designed us with a meticulous purpose to be able to highlight this thing that's lacking within us. Can I, can I tell you a little truth here? For years, when the church was the, the thing that everybody went to, when, when people would never be found in their homes on a Sunday morning, a lot of times you didn't see the emotionalness of humanity. You didn't see the destruction. Yes, it wasn't that it wasn't present, but it was the fact that humanity had learned to understand emotions and what they were derived from God for. You see, emotions are things that are to highlight that we need something greater within our lives. And statistically speaking, back in 1988, there was a population of about 32% of the U.S. population that was struggling mentally. This is after the time that the church had started losing its effectiveness and, its, and people's intentionality to show up and hear God's word. It was these 32% that started highlighting that they said, I don't know what to do. I'm emotionally a wreck. I'm sad all the time. I'm angry all the time. I'm lost. And in today's standard, it has increased almost to 67% of the population is finding themselves lost even greater and even more struggling to try to, to grasp with the reality that they're missing something, but they can't put their finger on the mark. 
And it's a struggle that we all encounter with. And even greater, there is this word called an emotional intelligence. It's labeled as EQ. It's where you're able to disseminate, uh, what, what is the word I'm using here? It's the word where, it's where you can actually take in what you're getting and the stimuli, and you're able to process what's going on in the situation. Can I say, we live in a world that doesn't know how to do it. We struggle every single day to say, how do I feel? How do I process what I'm going through? How do I deal with this, this fear? How do I deal with all this happiness and this that I'm feeling? All this sadness and all this disgust. But there's something that I feel that we need to kind of look at. You see, I, I, I said this is called the family sitcom series for a reason. When I grew up as a kid, it seemed like a lot of my education of emotions and different things came through a, t a TV screen. My education often came from shows like Full House. Full House was a TV show that we would watch on, every, on Friday nights as a family, and we would listen to the stories that they were arriving at. And one of the topicals, or topics that always seems like it hit the TV show was the fact that this one dad who had three daughters all of a sudden lost his wife, lost his direction, didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden he had his best friend show up into the house to help him out and his brother-in-law. And his show constantly went about all the emotional struggles that would occur within a family dynamic and tried to relate it in a manner and a fashion that would teach and educate the populace on these things. There were situations like eating disorders. There were situations like anger outbursts. Situations like, like all I want about is me, me, me. There were situations where school bullying and all these different emotional attachments hit. For the younger generations, they grew up with a thing called Fuller House, which was the, the subset sequel after it, where the mom, her husband, had died, and she's up with her three sons to raise within her own home. You see, what I'm trying to get at is, we live in a world where we try to find information wherever we get and what we can find and, and, and bring some kind of light into our homes, but what we don't realize is that the emotions that we feel are meant to direct, to direct us back to our Savior. You see, emotions are supposed to be the revealing agents of humanity's dependencies and the finitude of human life. Let me put it in ways the kids could understand. Your emotions are meant to reveal that you, yourself, need to be dependent on something beyond what you feel and you see and you can touch. And it also means the fact that it's at the end of all of it, God is the one that's going to be your answer. I know a lot of people have been through hurt, lost loved ones, broken marriages, just horrible situations where you don't know what's up, loss of jobs, different things like that. And I'm not saying that those emotions are invalid and don't matter. No, they truly, truly, wholeheartedly matter. And no, I'm not saying that if you have those and you can't get through them that you don't need medication. 
Let me say, if you need it, it's a tool to equip you to get through it. But there's something within you that needs to be unlocked. And what I want to say that I've been hearing God speak to me all week long for is when you start having your emotions and you can't pinpoint what's causing it, I truly believe it's God trying to say, it's time to look back at me and trust me a little deeper. It's time to hold on to me. Cling to me. Find what's good. Find what's righteous. Find what's holy so that you can walk in wholeness according to what he wants to do within your life. You see, we have people that realize that they're afraid. You know what they often do? They do two things. They either fight or flee. Yes, fight, Timmy, fight. Or they run away. I don't know about you. There are some situations I will run away from. But even though I'm afraid of a spider and my wife's yelling at me, oh, there's a spider everywhere, I will be the brave enough man to go and fight this spider with my giant size 14 shoe. You're welcome. But I also know that I have the confidence in this life that even when I'm fearful, according to 2 Corinthians 12, 19, that it says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Even when I'm fearful, he says that I will make you more powerful because what I can do within you, but you have to turn to me. You see, church, we have to realize We've been growing up way too much on TV sitcoms trying to direct us, but what God is really trying to do is to get us to understand that we need Him even greater, more and more in our lives. And there are some days that we might not feel like we need to submit to Him, but we need to. We might not want to go and say, God, I'm dealing with this fearful thing because I'm embarrassed. God, just touch me with it. And He'll show you His kindness and His mercies. He'll show you, and he says, I'll empower you through some things. There's a reason by this six-foot-five gentleman up here on this pulpit who's afraid of heights could get up and want to jump out of airplanes. It's because I have the confidence that it doesn't say that when my life is over on this world that it's done. No, it's on the confidence that when this life is over, I'm spending eternity in heaven. Is a reason why I have strength in situations. It's because I've held on to his word and said, God, I trust it even greater. Church, we need to hold on to that. We need to hold on to it even in the sadness of moments where we don't want to go and do everything else and we want to drown our lives away in some chocolate chip crunchy ice cream. You guys like ice cream, right? It's a great comfort food, I'll be honest with you. My Achilles heel is chocolate paradise Kroger brand ice cream. Melissa will attest to it. We go to Sandusky and I bring it back every time. Milkshakes. Okay, we got milkshakes. Blizzard. Okay, I love it. Yes. Oreo Blizzard, right? Cookie dough. Peen- oh, you're making me hungry, sister. I think, I think somebody's offering to buy us some Oreo Blizzards here soon. but often we try to drown our sadnesses and our sorrows away in things of this world too we would rather shut ourselves down and look at our phones and say i'm going to watch tiktok videos until i'm over let me say one thing 
We have to get to the point where the things of this world do not satisfy us. We have to get to the point where we teach these next generations that they matter so much that God loved them, that he cares about every emotion, every hurt, every struggle you're getting into, that he loves you so much. But what he wants you to realize, young ones, he wants you to seek him when you struggle. He wants you to say your prayers when you're discouraged. He wants you to, to lean in on him and all that you're going through and saying, God, I love you so much. I trust you. You see, what I'm trying to get at is we have to get beyond a full house and start getting into a heavenly house. We have to get to the point where God can use us better than what we ever thought. But the enemy wants to always get us trapped in our struggles. He wants to trap us in the one thing that God designed us as a blueprint and a beacon to point to him. To trap us into a place where he can corral you. That's why I say emotions aren't bad. Can I say that again? Emotions are never a bad thing. If you want to know that, you can trust that, that Jesus, who is the Son of God, He is all God and all flesh, all humanity, and, and everything, and yet He still experienced the emotions. He weeped over the mourning of a lost loved one. He, he got angry inside of a temple watching people sell and make a mockery of His Father. And if He had those emotions, do you think they were bad? No. They were good things, but they were done in a way and handled in a fashion that gave honor to God. You see, what I'm trying to get at is, this is my final point that I have to make this morning, young ones. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 says, Be angry. Becca. The scripture says to be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. I truly believe what Paul was trying to highlight as he was writing to the church of Ephesus is something we all need to apply in our lives every single day. It says be angry. Or you can be angry, but do not let it go and become the idol that you want to hold on to. We live in a world that loves to get angry. We live in a society that loves to show off their emotions all over Facebook. If you don't believe it, if you're old enough and you know what Twitter looks like, read the, read the feeds. Okay, yeah, don't. I agree with you on that. But if you want to find out how bad it is, you'll see it real quick. But it's talking about not just anger. Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus, and he says, I know you might be angry. I know you might be struggling. But it's not about the anger. It's about the emotions that he, he's saying you're letting it become the thing that's an idol in your life that will control you. Can I say anything that gets above God becomes the idol that can cause a destruction? And we have a good devil. I don't like to give him credit, but he's good at what he does and trying to cause a, cause a, a whole ruckus. And he's waiting for the opportunity for that emotion to get over God. What my point is, church, we need to realize that we need God in every situation and every action. Young ones, you need to, when your parents tell you you get grounded, you don't need to lash out. You need to say, God, I'm sorry for how I acted. How can I make my anger, who, which I'm upset, make an amends for what needs to happen? 
How can I show my anger and my emotions to be something that will honor you? Church, if you'll stand with me this morning. I see the time. We're going to get out early, and you're going to be thankful for Bob Evans. But I just want to encourage somebody this morning. You might have been doubting and discouraged all the way through this day. You might have been struggling with different things hitting your life, like a lost loved one or whatever. But can I just say, whatever you're dealing with, God knows. And if God knows, he cares. And if he cares, he wants you to know that he is there to listen to whatever you're dealing with. But he invites you to come and bring it to him. Scripture says to cast all of our cares at the feet of Jesus. All of them, all of our emotions, all of our drama, everything that we have. And let us pick up his yoke, which he says is lighter. We need to be a church that realizes that's how we're supposed to walk. We're not supposed to carry the offenses. We're not supposed to carry the emotions beyond a point, beyond the cross. But we need to cast it to him. But it's our choice. Every single day, it's your choice. So I want to ask this morning as we get ready to go and get ready to dismiss in this final prayer. Is that you this morning that says, I just want to finally just keep going to the cross and giving it to him. Can we just raise our hands this morning? I'm asking everybody. It's not just one. This is an everyday decision. This is where you're saying, I'm going to make the decision every single day that I'm going to lay everything that I'm carrying at his feet. Can we just get some hands of acknowledgement? Because what I truly believe is if we take the action to raise our hand this morning, it'll make us realize the intention of tomorrow and remind us the next day that I raised my hand on that Sunday morning and said, God, I don't care what I'm going through. I'm going to cast at your feet. You see, that's the thing that we need to do. But before we can get to this next point, I have to ask, is there anyone in the house this morning that has been struggling and been hurting, that has not known that Jesus is their Savior and they want to make that that, that declaration this morning. Is there anyone in the house that says, I want Jesus to be my Lord of my life and the one that I can cast at his feet? Is there anyone? Is that you online this morning? Okay, I don't think anybody's going, but we're going to go ahead and say a prayer real quick this morning. Say, Father God, I thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you for what you've done, Lord. I thank you for the declaration, Lord, and the ability, Lord, of these emotions that are supposed to be beacons that will point us always back to you. That your church, Lord, is realizing the moment right now, Lord, that they need to go to you every single day, Lord. That they can't let their anger or the discouragement or the sadness or whatever emotions they're dealing with be the thing that will separate them from the goodnesses of what you've got, Lord. Where the enemy could put up snares to entrap them, Lord. God, where they can put all of those emotions in a bag and say, God, Jesus, I give it to you in full surrender so that I can have peace and joy and love and hope and enduring steadfastness, Lord, in all that I have. God, touch each and every one of us, Lord, as we get ready to go out into the world yet again, as we're getting ready to go love on our families, as we're getting ready to go and see neighbors, and as we're getting ready to go and do life yet again. Lord, I ask that you just touch each and every person, Lord, in this building. Be with them. Guide them. Holy Spirit, surround them like only you can. And guide them on all that they do. And even when the world wants to try to make them mad, let them just say, Lord, it's all at your feet, Lord. You fight the battle for me. 
God, touch us all, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Church, I love you all. Young ones, I'm so proud of you. And I look forward to seeing what God is going to do next. But I'm going to tell you right now, go love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And then go love your neighbor as yourself and let us watch his kingdom come on this earth as we see hands and feet loving everyone around. Go and be the church. I'll see you guys all next week.